1 Corinthians chapter, you can turn to chapter 9. That's where we're going to spend a, a, a part of the service this morning. We will flip over to chapter 10 just for a moment. We've already worked through this part of 1 Corinthians, but we are going to go back and capture a few verses that we, we kind of skipped over um, in the last message in 1 Corinthians as we, as we were, uh, anyway, when we, we got to that place. So we're going to go back and look at that. But there's a couple of things I want to, Aaron's taking care of it right now. So two things I want to mention. Um, you ever seen the, 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 the song about the squirrel that went berserk? Okay, so we had a lizard that's running free. And if it's, so if, if somebody starts uh, screaming and shouting, um, we... we, we I, I actually was hoping for revival to break out. So uh, it was okay for me to have the lizard in here, but... Um, That's funny. Those young boys are good, aren't they? They're good for that, man. They're they're good for that. That's awesome. Hey, uh, uh, here's here's. I'm gonna mention this, and then we'll get started with the message. I'm, lighten it up a little bit. So we're gonna do a contest next year. Y'all remind me of this, okay? We're gonna do this contest. So next year we're gonna see between Thanksgiving and New Year, who can gain the most weight. It'll be the easiest contest we ever had, right? I, I, I think, I, well, I don't think I know. I got on the scales this morning. I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life right now. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I feel, I feel real good about that. Yeah, new shirt and the shirt's tight and all that stuff. So I've said it before, a coat and people go, why do you always wear a jacket? Look, suits and jackets and all they cover a multitude of ugly. It's like love covers a multitude of sin. A jacket covers a multitude of ugly. So anyway. All right. Well, as we get started this morning, I want to unveil to you. You see over here we have a verse that we, we, we keep up for the year. We don't have our verse for the year up yet, but I'm going to tell you what it is. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. This is our verse for the year. And it's kind of a continuation that, that last year was a, a, a focus on missions. We talked about mission and the mission. And that was our, and that was our focus. And, that, and that, that is in line with the mission and the vision of our church, which you see over here. Loving God, loving people, serving the world. Comes from the Great Commission, the Great Commandment. I mean, that's what the Lord has told us to do. To love Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. To love others as ourselves, And then to go and make disciples. We're to do those things. And that is the focus for us as a church. That's what we want to do. So 1 Corinthians 10.31 is a continuation then of that, and this is our focus for this coming year. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that's the, the, the pinnacle of what we want to do. Whether we're sitting down to eat or, or have, a, have, have a, a Coke and cold drink or coffee or whatever we're doing. Whatever we, whatever, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do. If we're working, if we're playing, if we're, if we're studying, if we're, if, we're, if we're on vacation. Whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God. Listen, if that's our focus in life, if our focus is to bring glory to God in everything that we do, man, we're going to have a great 2023. Amen. Amen. I mean, individually, we'll have a great 2023. And as a church, we'll have a great 2023 if collectively we do that as a church. So we want to be on mission. Again, our mission that's to bring glory to God. And that's what we see right over here. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to go back to there and we're going to pick up. And, and if I give the title I would give to the message this morning is simply that all for the glory of God. That's 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 our desire. That should be the desire of our heart as a believer. 
When we think about what Christ has done for us, we just came through Christmas. The fact that the reason we, we remember Christmas, we think about Christmas, we, we remember his birth is because of his death and burial and resurrection. If it's not for the resurrection of Christ, we're not going to think about Christmas. We're not celebrating Christmas. Who would care about a man whose bones are, we're not going to celebrate that. But because Christ was God in flesh, he did die for our sin. He was buried and three days later, he rose again from the dead. That's why why we remember Christmas. And so for that man, that God man who came and died for our sin, died in our place and made a way for us to be redeemed, the very least we can do is all for the glory of God. That ought to be our mission in life is that whatever we do, we do it all to the glory of God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse 24. We did not, I did not, the last time I was here, I did not preach through these verses right here. I'm going to read them, then we're just going to kind of bullet point through this. Verse 24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. For everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, uh, number first thing I want to look at in that verse is this. There is a cause to remember, and I hope you've got the outline there. Uh, in fact, raise your hand if you do not have the outline. You want the outline. You've got a lot of blanks filling. You're going to want to hold on to that. I think everybody's got it. Good. Our guys did a great job. Richard, excellent, man. Not a single hand went up, man. You and Glenn did a great job with that this morning. Um, so first point is this, a cause to remember. And the cause is the gospel. That is the cause. That is, that is what we are to do. We are to preach the gospel. We are to remember the gospel. I mean, everything in our life ought to center around the good news of Jesus Christ, the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All, at, at, at times, Paul forsook what was rightfully his. We, we looked at that in chapter 9. And in verse 12, I'm going to read that. It says, if others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right. And it doesn't matter what the right is. The point here is, Paul says, I have this right. We, we've not used this right that we had, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. What Paul says was, look, we, we have rights and we've given up our rights for the sake of the gospel. That ought to be our, our goal in life. We ought to, we ought to look at things and, and man, for the gospel's sake, here's what Paul did. Paul attempted to become all things to all men that he might by, by, by all means reach some. That was his goal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all things to all men. I'm going to try to reach everybody I can. Man, to the educated, I'm going to try to talk educated. Hard for me. I'm from Georgia. That one I struggle with. To, to the, the, the regular guy, that's me. I'll be the regular guy. The guy talks sports, the guy that talks hunting, whatever it is, whatever I need. If I want to talk business, whatever it is, Paul says, I become all things to all men so that I can share the gospel with them and maybe I can win them to Christ. That's what Paul says. And so he did that. And, he, and here's what Paul did not do in all that. He did not compromise his principles. Uh, he willingly gave up the things that were of little importance. Man, he did, not, he did not compromise the principle 
of sharing the gospel, of understanding that the good news of the gospel was the most important thing. And like Paul, we should make whatever sacrifices are necessary for the sake of the gospel. Amen? Amen. But we don't. A lot of times we don't. We get caught up in life. We get caught up busy with work. We get caught up busy with family, with school, with whatever. We get busy caught up with church. We lose sight of the, the very fact, the importance of the gospel and sharing the gospel. We need to keep that in the forefront. So what are you willing to do for the sake of the gospel? Something to think about this year. So here we, here we are, the focus again on 2023. What are we going to do this year? Number two, we have a course to run. There's a course to run. There is a race. Athletic contests were, were, were just as prevalent in Paul's day as they are in our day. I don't know how many of you stayed up last night and watched the ball game. I was ready to go to bed. My dogs were getting beat. I'm tired. I'm, man. And then they start making a comeback, so I'm up through midnight. I know some of you tried to go to bed early, I heard, and the fireworks and everything kept you up late last night. I commend you. Let me just say, I commend you for being here. We have a great crowd this morning for a New Year's Day crowd. I love it. I love it. But these athletic contests, the things that people, what they do, they were just as prevalent back then when Paul was around as they are today. And Paul likens the Christian life to a race. And in an athletic race, all runners run, but only one receives the price. So we understand that. We watch, we watch competition, and we see that. People line up at the line. They run the 100 meters. They fire the gun. They run. One of them is going to win the race. Only one is going to win the prize. That's not, Paul's not saying, hey, you guys go run in the race, and then one of you is going to win the prize. No, what he's saying is, look, they are in the race to run and they get in there and they do the things they need to do to compete and, to, and, and run in that race in a way that they might win. That's what he's saying to us. If you are a believer, you're in the race. Unless you voluntarily choose to sit out of the race, but you're in the race as a believer. You should be in this race and you should run it in a way that you might receive the prize. So in the Christian life, we all must run and we all run our own race. It's not a collective race. First Baptist Geneva ain't competing against some other church. And boy, if we do really the right things, First Baptist Geneva is going to get the prize and everybody's going to get it. No, it's what we do individually. You, I'm thankful that I don't answer for anybody else. I'm thankful that I don't answer for how you live your life. I, and it's important that I help you. I've got, I've got a responsibility, as we all have, to, to hold each other accountable, to encourage each other, to help each other to grow, to sharpen one another. We have that responsibility. But it is not, I don't have to answer for what you do in your life. I, now, I've got to answer for what I do. And so we need to run that race. We run it individually. We run that race individually. So how should we run as we run this race? Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Run with endurance. How many of you realize that uh, like life, the Christian life, is, is not a sprint? It's not a sprint. This is, this is an endurance race. This is, in Paul's day, he would have, you know, the marathon would have been a big, a big thing. That would have been that, those long races. And, you know, they would race and, and, and compete in a way to win, you know, a, a, a crown made of laurel leaves. They'd wrap around their head. And something was going to die in a day or two. It was going to shrivel up and, and die. He says, he says, run, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Folks, you gotta, we got we to get in this thing, and, and man, it is a, we got to be focused, and we got to stay at it, and not, and not back up, not give up. In every race, there is a prescribed course, and God has one for each of us. 
There's guidelines that he's given us. Look, here, here's our guidelines right here. Amen. You want to know the rules to the race? I, you know, any, any kind of competition, there's rules. A ball game we watched last night, there's rules. There's rules that are in place and you have to stay within the rules in, in order to continue to compete. So there's guidelines, there's, uh, there's boundaries there, there's the rules, there's goals of it. And for us, we each have a route to run. God has a prescribed route for us. He has a, you know, Ben, ben would not have seen a year ago, would have no way of seeing what, what, where he was going to be heading here in a month. Had no way of knowing that, that Panama City Beach was a place he was going to, probably never even heard of that church where he's going to be going now. And so a year ago, he couldn't have said, well, this is what I'm going to do. No, he's running the race. He's doing, he's taking a step at a time. He's running in the race. He's doing exactly what God says. He's following the Lord and the Lord's going to continue to show him as, as long as he stays within the guidelines, within the boundaries, follows the rules. He, he, he's adhering to the goals that God puts before him and he does those things. He follows that route. God's going to guide us. He directs us in that route. But we have to stay the course. We have to be in the race and run the race. Amen. Amen. Number three, there's a condition to reach. In this verse here, Paul tells us, he said that in, in verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now that word temperate means this. It means an abstinence from all that would hinder. That's the idea. To be temperate, it's, it's abstinence. You're getting away from and staying away from all things that would hinder. It is self-control under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's not just me willing everything. It's not just my self-control, but it's my self-control in areas of my life yielded to the, the control of the Holy Spirit in my life, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and to work. And when, we, when we're temperate, it's, it's we put off the things that hinder us. Hebrews 12.1, we read part of that just a second ago. I'm going to go back to Hebrews 12.1. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us or entraps us or hinders us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Folks, there's some things that in 2023, some things we need to put off. Some things we need to set aside because they're a hindrance to our walk with Christ. They're a hindrance to what he would have me to do. It, it could be something to do with my job. It could be something to do with my, my desire to climb the ladder or my desire to have more. It could be something to do with my kids to where I, I'm so focused on my kids that I'm, I'm losing sight of what God would have me to do. It could be something to do with sports, where sports becomes an idol in my life that is more important and takes precedence over what the Lord has. Whatever this weight or whatever this sin may be in our life that is ensnaring us, that is hindering us from running the race that God wants us to run, we need to get rid of that. We need to, to lay it aside. So some things we need to put off this year. And we're going, to, we're going to look here in just a little bit about some things that maybe we need to put on in 2023. Number four, there's a crown to receive and a reward awaits for those who run well. And this is, this is an, an eternal reward given by the Lord himself. He's going to re reward us. The sacrifices that athletes make, it's for a corruptible crown. It's for a corruptible prize or a trophy or an award or a certificate or whatever it is. Uh, you know, all these, I'm talking about the ball games because that's what's going on right now, all these college football games. But they, they win this trophy and they all want to hold up the trophy like that's some big deal. And it's going to burn away. Right. It's not going to mean a thing in eternity. That means nothing. 
I'm a Georgia, I'm a Georgia alumni. Now, somebody said, how about that game line? I said, yeah, it's more fun to win than to lose. But I promise you, I'd have just as much joy this morning if we had lost as, as I do this morning with a win. Because my joy isn't dependent on a football team winning a football game. That doesn't mean, it don't mean a hill of beans. The only thing that matters is what do we do with Christ in this life? That's what matters. It doesn't matter if Kentucky won or lost or Georgia won or lost. It doesn't matter. Those are fun things, but we can't let those things be a problem for us. And, and so you think about the work that goes into this, the coaches, the hours of work and dedication and commitment they put in, the, the hours in the weight room and on the practice field and controlling their diets and all those things that those athletes do to win a football game. They do all those things for something that will not last. But our crown is not that way. The crown that we pursue is incorruptible. It's eternal. It's everlasting. And it's a crown that is presented to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You know, people dream of, boy, those, those players dream of holding up that national championship trophy and it being presented by the president of the NCAA. Bleh. I want, I, want something, I want something that the Lord wants to give me. Amen. That, that's what ought to stir our hearts. There's a crown there for us. And it's worth making some sacrifices for. Amen? Amen? Amen. I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. Number five, a caution on which to reflect. Paul says he speaks of being disqualified there in verse 27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, disqualified there, the idea is becoming a castaway. All right, now the word means disapproved or disqualified from the race. And it means to lose your, lose your present influence or testimony and the loss of future reward. Understand this, this verse is not saying you'll lose your salvation. That's not at all what this verse is speaking of. If the Greek athlete was disqualified, he didn't lose his citizenship, but he lost the honor of competing and he lost the possible crown that he could gain from, from completing the race or winning the race. We, we, don't, we don't run this race. Um, here's the thing. We want to run the race and, and we want to be careful that we run it the right way. We don't want to be disqualified. Paul says, Paul tells us, you know, I don't run as those who beat the air. I'm not out shadow boxing. I don't run without a purpose or without focus. Because when I run, I run with purpose. I run with focus. And I'm not shadow punching. I'm not just out here looking and throwing something. I punch with a purpose. And the thought is, he's doing, he's doing the things the right way. He's doing what God's told him to do. He's doing what the Word of God says to do. I'm not out here just, yeah, just making my way through it. There's an intensity in the way Paul lives out his faith. Amen. There should be an intensity in the way that we live out our faith. And 2023 is a year. You know, here's what I love about a new year. How many of you, we have a wall calendar in the office. And, and you know, right now there's not much on it. It's clean, man. It's pristine. But 
we just took the other one down and it was cluttered up. It had stuff that we'd put on there and marked out and, and, and this had been smeared and that written in. And I mean, the whole, all the whole year, the activities are there. Here's what's so cool is, man, you take the calendar right now and, and, and you can kind of wipe it clean. This is a great time as we focus on 2020. It's just a great time because first of the year, we go, you know what? It's a time to focus. Maybe there's some things I need to confess to the Lord and get that slate clean right now. And I can set a new direction for this year. So we, we got we to make sure we're running the race in a way that we don't get disqualified. Meaning, you know, I'm out of the race. You know, I've lost my influence. You realize, I mean, there's a lot of things I could do that, that I, I'm not going to lose my salvation. But I, there's a lot of things I could, I could stumble and fall in immorality and I, I could lose my influence. I could lose my opportunity to pastor this church and influence people with the Word of God. You know, I, I, I'm not guaranteed that. I have to walk the walk. And I need to continue to do that. So there's, there's a caution for us to reflect on that if we don't do the right things in the right way as God prescribes, it's not the way we prescribe, it's the way God prescribes. Then we could become disqualified. That was a concern that Paul had. The greatest Christian, many say, the greatest Christian to ever live. And that was a concern Paul had. It ought to certainly be a concern for us to stay focused in our walk with him. Amen? All right. So transitioning now, looking at this, running a successful race doesn't, doesn't happen by accident. Okay? If, if we're going if, if to get to the end of 2023 and we're going to be closer to God at the end of 2023 than we were at the start of 2023, it's not going to happen by accident. It's something that's going to, there's some very intentional things that we can do to, to, to help with that. And, and so it takes planning, it takes training, it takes endurance, it takes sacrifice. And, and in a word, and I already used the word, but it's being intentional. It's just being intentional with the way that we live our lives and the way we live out our faith. Maybe there are some things that, that, that we can do in 2023 to help us stay on mission. And I got 10 that I've listed here, and then we're going to go into our, our time of prayer this morning. Um, these are, these are my top 10 for 2023. These are, and so maybe there'll be something in here that, that you'll see and you'll go, man, that one or that, those two, those are things I, I, I want to work on or that's something I need to work on this morning. I need to get that right with God, okay? So number one is this. These are my top 10. Number one in, in 2023 is I want to worship passionately. I want to worship passionately. Now, you've got the scriptures here. I'm going to read through some of these scriptures, but you have all these in your notes. I wanted you to have that because I want you to be able to go back and reflect on this later. But I want to worship passionately. Mark 12, 30 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Is there anything else that he could have named? That pretty much covers it all. Our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Everything that we are. He says we should love the Lord our God with that. That should be how we love. That's the first, this is the first commandment. That is worshiping passionately. If we worship the Lord, if we love him, loving God and living that out in our life, that's how we worship passionately. And I also think of Psalm 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I would encourage, I would encourage you. Here's the great thing. Everybody's here this morning. You've got a gold star for January 1. Man, I, and I'm not, listen, I'm not legalistic about this. But wouldn't it be great if at the end of the year you had 52 gold stars? Because, because church was the priority, not going to the river because it's a pretty day, not sports, 
Vacation, hey, great, go on vacation. You know what I do on vacation? I go to church. I go to church. You know why? Because I'm legalistic. No, because I want to be in church. I, I want to be with brothers and sisters in Christ, and I want to worship my, my Savior. So you've got a great start for 2023. You've already got perfect attendance for this year. Man, what a, what a great start. Worship passionately. Number two, I want to love purely. I want to love purely. Mark 12, 31. And the second commandment, the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This, there, there's no other commandment greater than these. To love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. We want to love purely. Now, John 13, uh, 34 says this, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Woo! That one is convicting and challenging at the same time because that, that'll keep us busy right there. Think about how God has loved us. And his command, his command is that we are to love one another as he has loved us. It's a great challenge for 2023. Worship passionately, love purely. Number three, live righteously. I want to live righteously. 1 Peter 1.19, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. We're to be holy. We are, we are to be holy as the Lord is holy. That's the command he's given us. I've shared this before. You know, the Lord wants me to be happy. You know, folks, the Lord doesn't want you to be happy. The Lord wants you to be holy. And with holiness can come happiness. But he's not for your happiness at the sake of your holiness. Okay? So he wants us to be holy. And I want to live a life that's holy. Galatians 5, 16. I say then walk in the spirit that you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if I'm going to live a holy life, it means I got to walk. I got to live a spirit filled life. I, mean, I can try to do religion. I can try to do it myself. That's religion. I can try to do it myself. But as a believer in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ, as a born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit of God indwells me. I've got to submit to Him, and I've got to walk in the Spirit. I've got to walk submitted to the Holy Spirit, just giving myself to Him and saying, Lord, lead me so that I don't fall into the lust of the flesh. Live righteously. And you can cut that off, and it just, what does that mean? Just live right. It's just doing what's right. It's doing what God says to do. It's not doing what God says don't do. And you know what? When we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, it makes it really easy to do that. Stay in the Word of God and, and then apply that to our life as we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. So live righteously. Number four, this year I want to pray fervently. I want to pray fervently. Fervent means to be active, efficient, um, uh, to, to be mighty in. And I want, to, I want to be mighty in prayer. I want to be fervent in prayer. I want to be active in prayer. You know, I think, I think the prayer life is typically the first thing that slides with believers. I think we might even read our Bibles more than we would pray. But the first thing that will happen is we'll grow cold in our prayer life. And that's where the slide begins. When we, when we, when we don't spend time praying this morning or, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I was busy. I didn't, and that begins to slide. That's one of the first places that we will, we, we'll, we'll struggle in is, is in, in our prayer life. First Thessalonians 5, 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Man, it means 
What does that mean? Does that mean I should go around with my eyes shut and mumbling all the time? People would know I'm crazy. I mean, I didn't say think. I know I'm crazy. Um, but we should pray without ceasing. It means we should be in an attitude of prayer. I don't, I don't have to get on my knees and, and close my eyes to talk to God. And that's a great posture to be in, to get on my face and to talk to God. But I can talk to God with my eyes open going down the road. I, I, I mean, how many of you drive praying with your eyes open, right? You do it, right? So, and if you ride with certain people, that'll help your prayer life. Amen, Fred Williams? Fred rides with me and he goes, you drive fast. Fred's over there, I mean, what are you saying, Fred? I, what, he's, ta- he's praying. He's not talking to me. He's over there praying. So we pray without ceasing. Have an attitude. Be in an attitude of prayer. Keep that all the time. James 5, 16 says, Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Man, we ought to be praying for one another. We ought to be fervent in prayer. We ought to pray without ceasing. We ought to pray for one another. We should lift each other up in the things that are going on in life. Amen? I mean, we know what's going on in people's lives. We know about these things and the ones you have a relationship with and you know their struggles or whatever. Pray for them. We ought to be fervently praying without ceasing for them and their needs. James 4, 2 says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, and, and uh, yet you do not have... You do all these things on yourself, your own power, your own work, and you still don't have. Why? He says, you do not have because you do not ask. He says, and you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasure. Look, here's the deal. I think that verse, I, I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that verse gives us a, a blank check for, boy, if we, if we just pray the right way, God will give it to us. But can I tell you this? If we pray the right way, God will answer your prayer. Can I say it that way? He will answer your prayer. Because when, when, our, when our prayers line up with his will, he's going to answer that. I shared with you all, Jesse, years ago. I don't know. He might have been five or six years old, but he wanted a grown-up Bible. He, wanted a grown, he didn't want a kiddie Bible. He wanted a grown-up Bible. And it was funny the way he said it. He said, I want, I want a Bible. That's what he wanted for Christmas. He said, I want a Bible in the kind that we serve. He didn't know what that meant, but he, in the kind that we serve. So he wanted a grown-up Bible. And so what do I do as a dad? No, no, son, you're not getting a Bible. No, no way. No, I'm going, man, that's what I want for him. He's asking for the very thing I would want to give for, to him anyway and want him to have, but I want him to want to have it. And now he wants to have it. So you, know what he, you know what he got for Christmas? He got other things too, but he got that Bible. He got the Bible that he wanted. So he asked. He's not asking amiss. He's not asking for something that's just selfishly for Jesse. I truly believe when our prayers line up with God's will, they're answered. Now, it may be yes, it may be no, it may be wait, but he's going to answer. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Man, we don't have to go through 2023 stressing and worrying. Amen? When you feel stressed, I, I, I've shared this. I, I don't know if I've shared this here. First time I ever preached was 1997 in the, in the spring of 1997. And I knew about four months ahead of time that I was going to be preaching. And I, I was, I, I'm, people who know me think this is crazy, but I am a... Um, I, I have a fear of public speaking. 
And the people say, that's crazy. You can't. Absolutely, I do. The Lord's got a, a great sense of humor. I think every Sunday morning and Wednesday night, he goes, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> watch this. And, uh, but I, I still get nervous. I still get uptight. Now, once I get going, I'm fine. But it's, it's that nerve. It's that fear of public speaking, being in front of how many of How many of you can relate to that? A lot of you, a lot of you get that. You go, man, I, I, it's another reason I wear a suit. See, because if, if, I, if, I, if I'm so scared, if I just drop dead up here, then you can just put me in the box, okay? I'm, I'm already, already set to go. And, uh, but here's what I know. Most people fear, they fear public speaking more than they fear death. They do. And so, um, but here's what I did. I can remember every time I thought about, man, I'm going to be preaching in three months. I got nervous. You know what I did? I prayed. Every time I felt nervous. Every time I felt anxious. Every time I felt uh, fear, I prayed. Now, now, honestly, I may not have prayed in my entire life like I did leading up to that, to that message. It, it was incredible. But that ought to be our case in, in every situation in life. Anything that's bringing anxiety, fear, stress in our life, the answer is be anxious for nothing. I think the King James Bible says uh, be fearful. Oh, careful, careful means full of care. Be, full, be careful for nothing. Don't be full of care about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the rest of the verse says what? And the peace of God that passes all understanding will rule in your hearts and minds and, 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 and bodies, all that. It rules. Your, the peace of God will rule in your, in your hearts and your minds. There's a promise that comes with that when we pray. So we should, I want to pray fervently. Number five, I want to serve faithfully. I want to serve faithfully. And you go, well, you're the pastor. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything. There are pastors that are hirelings. There are pastors that do as little as they can. And, and, and they don't care to go to the hospital. They don't want to go to anybody's house. They don't want to deal with difficult situations. They just want to show up and preach. And, and, and that's it. Um, so it can happen to a pastor as well. I want to serve faithfully. I want, I want to serve God faithfully. First Timothy, First Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. I'm just going to read this in verse 18. It says, uh, that they do, now let me read the whole thing. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works. Folks, we ought to be rich in good works. We as believers, and, and you want to talk about who are the rich in this world? Well, everybody in this room is in the rich in this world. And if you're, if you're a Christian, I mean, you, really the bottom line is if you're a Christian, you're the rich in this world. You, you've, got, you've got wealth un, un, uneven imaginable because we're joint heirs with Christ. Amen? Amen. But as Americans, we're blessed. The poorest of the poor in the world, in the poorest of the poor in America, are among the richest in the world. We're we're rich in this world, and we ought to be. The, the scriptures tell us to be rich in good works. We ought to be about good works. Titus three eight says, "This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that they affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works." Titus 3.14, and let ours also learn to maintain good works. Hebrews 10.24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Why, why do we do that? Man, are we trying to work in order to be saved? No, we're not trying to work to be saved. It has nothing to do with that. We work because we have been saved. 
Listen, if you're trying to work your way to heaven, you, you, you're doing religion. Religion is not going to get you there. It is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that we are born again. And when we are born again, then we should be about good works. We should be about serving the Lord our God. Amen? We should be like Jesus in, in Mark 10, 45. For the, even the Son of Man, and this is Christ says this, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We should have the same attitude as Christ, who did not come to be served, but to serve. That should be our attitude. I want to I serve faithfully this year. I want to witness urgently. And you can go to Acts chapter 8 and read that story, verses 26 through 39 there with Philip. He, he's on the road to Gaza. Philip's just, I mean, I don't know, he's sitting in his room, he's studying, he's praying, whatever, and the Holy Spirit of God speaks to him and he listens. You know, it means you got to be listening. You got to be listening for what God would tell you to do. But he listened. The Lord's voice, the, 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 he hears from the, the Spirit of God and he gets up and he responds to what he heard. He, and he heads off toward Gaza. He don't know what. God didn't say, all right, now head to Gaza and three miles down the road there, you're going to see. A, he didn't give him instruction. He said, go. He said, get up and go. And what did he do? Philip got up and went. He just took off running. He's running down the road. And then God, as he, as he comes up on this chariot and stuff, the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God impressed upon him to get up closer. Then, then, then Philip hears what's going on. He hears, oh, he's reading the scriptures. And he gets in a conversation. So God ordained putting him there. He listened. He was obedient. God put him there. And then what did he do? He, he took the opportunity that God gave him and he witnessed to the eunuch there. And, and then he shared the gospel with him and he came to faith and they stopped and he baptized him right there. The unit goes on, he goes to Ethiopia and as, as we understand, he went down and started the church down there. And it's amazing. Just because he listened to what God told him to do, he was obedient to that and then he took the opportunity to share the gospel. So here's what I want to do. I want to witness urgently. We talk on Wednesday nights a lot as we're studying through Revelation. I believe I believe, well, we know that the Lord's return is imminent. And there's nothing hindering the Lord's return. The rapture could come at any moment. Folks, we, we need to live our lives with that urgency that this may be the last time we can have a conversation with the person we're having a conversation with. We need to be urgent. Witness urgently. Number seven, forgive gracefully. I want to forgive gracefully. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Well, back here it says that we're to love just like God loved us, like Christ loved us. Here it says we're to forgive one another just as God in Christ forgave us. Wow, that's another big challenge. It's convicting. Man, we, I, I don't know about you, but I can be petty. and get my feelings hurt. I can get offended so easy. And, and then we don't forgive. Man, we, we have to forgive the way Christ forgave us. I, and I want to I be better at forgiving in 2023. In fact, Mark 11, 25 and 26 says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, <laughs> it's pretty broad there, isn't it? If you have anything against anyone, forgiving. He doesn't say, he doesn't say if they come and ask your forgiveness, if they come and in, in ashes and in sackcloth ripping their clothes and they weep and cry and beg you to forgive them, you should forgive them. No, he says, if you have anything against anyone forgiving, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Strong warning here, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. It's important we forgive. 
And, and it's not about the, the person that, needs, that we need to forgive. It's about us. Because, because when we don't forgive, it hinders our walk with Christ. It hinders our relationship with Him. So we need to forgive gracefully. Number eight, we need to give generously. Acts 20, 35, and Jesus, Jesus said these words. He says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And there, there's a lot of ways to think of that. But it's just, it's just it, number one, it's a blessing to be a part of what God is doing. Amen? I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to give to this church and to the work of the ministry here. I'm thrilled to give to missionaries that, that do work all around the world. I'm thrilled to be a part of that. But I'm going to tell you another thing when you think about that, why it's more blessed to give than to receive. But man, what if you didn't have anything to give? Most of us are blessed in a great way. We have, so we can give. And that's a blessing. We're not someone, if you're not in need of someone giving to you, boy, you ought to be thankful and God's put you in a place where then you can be the one to give to someone else. And that's what I want to do. I want to give generously. Number nine, I want to grow consistently. I want to grow consistently. Second Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a command. Grow. Grow. Well, it's not like, you know, you, you got your house plants, you know. You, you look at it and you go, Gina goes out there and talks to the plants on the back porch. Just grow. 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 You know, it's, it's, it's not, it, it, there's a command here, but the, but the implication is there's some things that we can do in order to grow. It's not just we sit back passively. You know, I, I've told y'all before, I wish osmosis worked. I, I wish I could sleep on my Bible and it would just boo, seep into my mind and I'd have the whole scriptures cover to cover, you know, committed to memory through osmosis. But no, it takes work. We have to apply ourselves. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. The King James uh, translation says, study to show thyself approved unto God. So there's, there's the idea here, if we're going to grow, there's some things we can do in order to grow. You know, my plants, we put, we put some miracle Grow on them or some fertilizer, you water them, you do those things that, that, that entice growth. Well, man, when we read the Word of God, we spend time praying, we spend time meditating upon His Word, we spend time memorizing His Word, we spend time quoting His Word. I ride down the road just listening to the Bible. I drive back and forth to work. A lot of times I just put the Scriptures on and let it read to me because I want to bathe my mind in the Word of God. I just want to, I want to cover my mind. Those things, that's how we grow. It's intentional. Growth is intentional. So I want to grow consistently this year. And number 10, I want to do this. I want to work joyfully. Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not to men. Now, heartily, that word heartily means this. It means vigorous and cheerful. So if I'm working heartily for the Lord, it means I'm working vigorous, I'm working hard for the Lord, and I'm working cheerful. And whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not, un, and not unto men. Everything. That's one of the things I appreciate about, appreciate about Pastor Aaron. I hear him talk with his family about this thing. Is that whatever you do, you're not. You know, if you're digging a hole, you're not digging the hole for. I mean, if somebody's paying you, you digging the hole for them. But you, you don't have to dig the hole necessarily for. You can dig. You dig the hole for the Lord. Everything we do, we should do as unto the Lord. You know what it'll do? It'll change the way we work. Man, if instead of whining about everything at work, I realize, you know what I'm doing? My work is unto the Lord. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to trust the Lord in this. Knowing, verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord 
Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We work for the Lord, and we know that He doesn't forget, and it doesn't go to waste. The things that we do for Him, He sees it. He knows everything that you're doing. Ain't nothing. You're not, you're not doing something going, man, I would, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what I'm doing. You know, I'm doing all this. And nobody even cares. God knows. And God cares. And there's nothing that you do when you do it as unto the Lord. that he, it's, it's not going. It, 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 it's like his word. It doesn't return void. He sees it. He's using it. Just do everything you do. Do it for the Lord. So those are, those are my 10. Those are things. I'm, there may be something there. You go, man, I, that, that there I need to focus on this year. That may be my thing that I'm going to, that's going to be my thing for this year. Or maybe there's two or three on there. Or maybe like me, you got all 10 of them. You know, I, I need to work on all 10 of those. Those are things I'm going to be working on. And so it brings us to this time in our service where we're going to do something a little different. And it goes back to Luke 9, 62. Uh, Luke 9, verse 57. I'm going to read there through 62. It says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So there were those who said, Man, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. And he says, Yeah, really? You'll follow me? I don't even have a place to sleep. You're going to follow me? Are you, are you willing to do that? Uh, verse 59. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And, and, and Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, there are people who misinterpret that, and they say, oh, man, Jesus was cruel there. He wouldn't even let the man go back and bury his father. His father's not dead. When you understand the context of the Scripture, the man was saying, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go back and live out as long as my dad's alive. I'll stay home, and when my dad dies and I get my inheritance from my dad, then I can come. I can live. I can, it would be easy for me to do ministry then. I, you'll, you'll, my ministry will be financed. I won't have to sleep on the ground like you do. I'll be able to get a hotel room and sleep real nice or whatever. Um, the, the, the idea is there, he's not really ready to go follow the Lord. And another said, uh, also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Verse 62, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What he says is, man, when you put your hand to that plow, don't, don't look back in regret. Don't look back for what used to be or, man, I, I kind of miss those days. Put your hand to the plow and keep your hand to the plow. Keep plowing on. Keep focused ahead of what, what God has for you in your life. Stay focused on what's in front of you. Man, as a believer, we get distracted, and those, those rows are doing this. Man, we want a straight row. We want to keep our hand in the plow. Don't look back. Don't look back. So this morning is a great time for us to refocus, to recommit, maybe to rededicate something in our life. And uh, maybe it's a time where... Or there's something that you, 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 so here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to tell you what we're going to do. So typically we would, right now we would have, uh, we'd have our invitation time. And you're all familiar with that. We'd have time reflecting on what's been preached. But we're going to do a little different this morning. So you have the plows here. We have a plow, plow right here. I'll ask Brother, Brother Raymond and, uh, and Brother Aaron to come down, Pastor Aaron, if y'all come down. And they're going to stand right here with this plow in the center. And, um, they're going, to, they're going to alternate or whatever, but if you want, if you would like to have, John was going to be here. John's under the weather. We're going to have our elders here. 
and uh, John's under the weather, so Pastor Aaron is filling in. So we got a pastor and we got an elder in our church. If you've got something that you would want these men to pray for you about, then, then you're going to come down the middle aisle and, and they're going to they're alternate. One, one will pray for one person, one will pray for the next. They're not going to pray for three hours. But they're going to ask you what, what, what you want. They want to pray for you. Okay? So if you want prayer for you this morning, these guys are here to pray for you. Okay? Then we have a plow over here and we have a plow over here. And you think, well, this is weird. We're going to a plow. It's symbolic, okay? It's a, it's a time of dedication, putting, putting your hand to the plow. So maybe this morning, 2023, January 1, 2023, maybe it's time to put my hands back on the plow, to, to refocus and rededicate. So it's a, it's a commitment service is what we're talking about this morning. So we're not going to have anybody at those two plows. And, and the reason being, maybe you just need to talk to God or maybe, maybe you want to bring your family down and, and you as the head of the household, you want to pray for your family. Or maybe they want to pray. But I want, I want you, it's here. You can come and lay your hand on the out and spend some time praying. Maybe you want to come to the altar. The altar is going to be open. Maybe you want to come, come to pray. I'm going to ask any of our, of our deacons that want to, if you'd come and just sit down here in the front and be in the front, be available. And if somebody, if you come down, you want somebody, they're, they're lined up, you want one of these deacons to pray for you, grab one of these guys. They'll pray for you. We'll come to the altar and pray. Okay, so this is just a time of refocusing, rededicating, recommitting. It's just, it's just, it's just recalibrating for 2023. Amen? Does, that, does everybody, everybody, does that make sense for everybody? So if you want to pray, there's a couple of plows you can go to individually or as a family or however you want to do that. And if you say, I'm going to grab a deacon and I want him to come over here and pray with me, that's fine. It, whatever you want to do. Okay, but this is, this is for you. And then right here, if you want to have these guys, these men pray for you, they would love to do that, okay? All right, so I'm going to pray and then we're going to start this time of prayer. And when you're done, if you come and pray, that's it. Service, you're, you're done. You're dismissed. Service will be over, okay? And if, and if you say, I'm, I'm done, we're, I'm out, you're, you're free to go. This is it. When I pray, then this is a time and we're gonna, we'll keep it quiet. We'll have a little music playing. It's just a time to focus on 2023. Amen? Amen. Okay. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory for uh, just who you are. Lord, we so often we praise you and we thank you for what you've done for us. But Lord, may we, may we set our hearts and our minds on, on just worshiping you and praising you for who you are as God Almighty. Lord, this morning as we have looked at the topic of just refocusing, recommitting, dedicating, Lord, different areas in our life. Maybe there's something that we've, an area we've slipped in. Maybe there's an area we've kind of gotten away from you in. Or maybe there's an area that we just want to, we want to refocus on for, this, for 2023. We just want to rededicate ourselves to that, Lord. Whatever it might be this morning, I pray that this will be a special time. And, and, and it's not about me. It ain't about the, the men that are standing here to pray. It's about us individually and the commitments we make with you. So God, I just pray you'll bless in this time. Maybe it, may it truly be a time of focusing and, and, and just, just, Lord, setting our sights on 2023 and living our lives in a way that will glorify you in all that we do. We want to glorify you. So bless now in this time of prayer, uh, this time of invitation. Uh, God, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray they might step down and speak with me. I'd love to take the scriptures this morning and, and introduce someone to, to you, Lord Jesus. So speak to hearts. 
And uh, I just pray we'll be obedient to respond to your leading. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.